Assignment 3. Families and Disability Let's begin our review of this assignment titled Families and Disability. The purpose of this chapter is to explore family professional partnerships, examine the interactive relationship between disability and its impact on the family, and learn about cultural considerations when supporting families. Learning Objective 3-1. Understand how family professional relationships have changed over time. Let's begin by addressing the first objective of understanding the ways family professional relationships have changed over time. Many professionals believe that parental involvement is crucial to the success of the educational experience, especially for children with disabilities. Parents are a valuable resource for professionals. They are typically greatly invested in their children and support them both emotionally and in terms of time. Generally, no one knows an individual child as well as his or her parents. Family experiences predate and exceed those of the professional. Yet, only recently have professionals realized the value of parents and sought to establish collaborative relationships with them. Today, parents are seen as equal partners with professionals, but this has not always been the case. The relationship between families and professionals is an evolving one. There have been three distinct periods in the history of family professional relationships. 1. Antagonistic and Adversarial Relationships The eugenics movement represents an early and dismal period in the history of family professional relationships. This campaign sought to improve the quality of humankind through selective breeding. It resulted in laws forbidding marriage between individuals with mental retardation and called for their sterilization. The goal of the eugenicists was to reduce the number of, quote, unfit parents, and thus, according to their faulty logic, the number of inferior offspring. Consequently, the actions and attitudes of both professionals and parents resulted in barriers to working together. 2. Building Working Relationships For the better part of the 20th century, families of children with disabilities had to contend with schools and, on occasion, with professionals who were apathetic to their needs and the needs of their children. This situation dramatically improved with the enactment of PL 94142 in 1975. IDEA, as it is presently known, requires that parents participate fully in their children's education and agree to any decisions affecting their children. Today, parents no longer speak of privileges, they talk of rights. IDEA ushered in a new era of family professional relationships. The role of parents has changed from that of passive recipients of services and advice to that of active participants and educational decision-makers. These new roles and responsibilities for parents and families include active involvement in the identification and assessment process, in program planning, in ongoing evaluations, and in placement decisions. These roles are coupled with extensive due process and procedural safeguards. 3. Parent Empowerment and Family-Centered Relationships The implementation of PL 99457 and PL 101476 signaled a change in the status of family professional relationships. With these enactments came the idea that families, not just parents, should be the focal point of a professional's attention. 
One of the reasons for this shift was the recognition that partnerships should not be limited exclusively to biological parents, but can and should include other immediate and extended family members. Many professionals now operate under the assumption that the family serves as the primary decision maker in regard to setting goals and establishing priorities for their children with disabilities. Professionals believe that they should no longer simply provide suggestions and services to parents. Rather, they believe they should work collaboratively with family units, acting as coordinators and facilitators of service delivery. The contemporary emphasis on building family professional partnerships implies that families are full and equal partners with professionals. The idea of a collaborative partnership between home and school comes from the view that an individual cannot be understood in isolation, but only as a part of a larger social system. Professionals must have an appreciation of the social context in which a child develops and the interactions that occur among. And between various settings and the individual, thus we find that home, school, and community interact reciprocally, and the actions of parents, siblings, grandparents, teachers, and other professionals all influence one another. How a family relates to other social systems is crucial to the functioning of the family. This perspective is the foundation of family systems theory, which views the family as a social system. In this interactive system, whatever happens to one member affects all members. Professional perspectives on families with children with disabilities are best illustrated in the following examples. See Table 4.1. Vision. The traditional attitude was that parents' greatest need was professional counseling to accept the burden of raising their child, to become realistic about their child's limitations. And to understand that disability necessarily resulted in second-class citizenship, the contemporary attitude is that families need to be encouraged to dream about what they want for themselves and their children with disabilities, and that they need assistance in making those dreams come true. These dreams and future plans should include the expectation that all members of the family are entitled to full citizenship. Vision, in this case, replaces despair. Support and assistance. The traditional attitude was that parents' difficulties in coping with their children with disabilities were largely psychological or psychiatric in nature, and that proper interventions were psychological or psychiatric in nature. The contemporary attitude is that families can benefit from one another. Almost all families could benefit from learning from other families the emotional resiliency. And information they have acquired about life with disabilities. Socialization. The traditional attitude was that mothers needed respite to alleviate the stress and burden of caring for their child. The contemporary attitude is that families need the child with disabilities to have friends and integrated recreational opportunities in order to respond to the child's needs for socialization, affection, and identity. Hope for the future. The traditional attitude was that mothers needed clinical information about disabilities. The contemporary attitude is that families need information about disabilities, but also inspiration from people with disabilities who are successfully integrated into community life. Instructional emphasis: the traditional view was that mothers needed training related to skill development and behavior management. 
so that they could follow through as teachers for their child and implement home-based lesson plans. The contemporary attitude is that families need ways to ensure that the child will have a functional education taught in a natural environment. Families need to be encouraged to enlist the support of helpers in their children's environments. For example, family, friends, store clerks, bus drivers, and scout leaders. Social support. The traditional approach was that many families would be financially unable to meet their children's needs, and thus their children would need out-of-home placement. The contemporary attitude is that what families need are policies to provide support, for example, direct subsidies or tax credits, and to help meet the financial demands associated with disability in the home and family setting. Learning Objective 3-2. Recognize the effects a child with a disability may have on parents and the whole family across the life cycle of the child. Our second objective addresses the impact that a child's disability has on parents and the entire family. It is important for professionals to realize that the identification of an individual as disabled affects the entire family constellation and produces a wide range of reactions, emotions, and feelings. In some cases, the awareness comes shortly after the birth of the baby. In others, it may occur during the preschool years as a result of illness or accident. Many times, a disability is diagnosed when the child enters school. The effect on the family of a child with a disability involves perceptions and feelings that are highly subjective and unique to each family member. How a mother responds may differ from the response of her father-in-law, and an older sibling may have a different point of view from both of them. Disability is also interpreted differently by different families, even if the type of disability, such as blindness or mental retardation, is the same. In some families, having a child with a disability is perceived as a tragedy. In others, it may be viewed as a challenge, but one that can be managed. In still others, it is merely one more factor to be considered in family life. During early childhood, from birth to age five, parental responsibilities include obtaining an accurate diagnosis, informing siblings and relatives of the diagnosis, locating support services, clarifying the personal ideology that will guide decisions, addressing issues of stigma, identifying some positive contributions of disability, and setting great expectations. Siblings may be concerned about having less parental time and energy for their needs. They may also have feelings of jealousy and fears about what disability is and means for them and their family. Some parental responsibilities for school-aged children ages 5 to 12 may include establishing routines to carry out family functions, adjusting emotionally to educational implications, clarifying issues of placement, such as segregated versus inclusive education, participating in the individualized education plan, conferences, locating community resources, and arranging for extracurricular activities. Siblings may be concerned with the division of family responsibilities for any physical care needs, especially oldest female siblings, and limited family resources for recreation and leisure. They may also be concerned about the need to inform friends and teachers issues of inclusion into the same school they attend, and the possibility that they will surpass their older sibling in school. 
Basic information on disabilities may be needed at this stage. Some parental responsibilities during adolescence, ages 12 to 21, include adjusting emotionally to the possibility of chronicity of disability, dealing with physical and emotional changes of puberty, identifying issues of emerging sexuality, addressing possible peer isolation and rejection, arranging for leisure time activities, planning for career or vocational development, and planning for post-secondary education. Siblings may be concerned by an over-identification with their disabled sibling and need to deal with possible stigma and embarrassment. They may need to understand the influence of disability on their educational and career choices. They may need to be encouraged to participate in sibling training programs and sibling support groups in order to gain a greater understanding of the differences between people. During adulthood, ages 21 and up, parental responsibilities include planning for the possible need for guardianship, addressing the adult implications of dependency, addressing the need for socialization opportunities outside the family, and initiating career choices or vocational programs. Siblings may be concerned about issues of guardianship, and the possibility of being responsible for financial support. They will need information on career and living options and will need to be encouraged to clarify their role as an advocate for their sibling. There may also be concerns about introducing in-laws to disability and the genetic implications of disability. Learning Objective 3-3. Understand the effects that a child with a disability may have on family relationships. Our third objective is to understand the impact that disability has on family relationships. Having a child with a disability will impact all relationships within the family. Thus, support for all family members is essential. Marital relationships. Many marriages experience tension and stress, while others experience strengthened relationships. The success of marital relationships has much to do with personal characteristics. Parent-child relationships. In general, mothers are more expressive than fathers in their responses. They are often the ones who are most directly impacted by having a child with a disability and worry about the day-to-day -day aspects of raising their child. In many cases, they are forced to quit their jobs to be fully available for the care and coordination of activities and services that a child will need. Mothers may feel overwhelmed and experience physical and mental exhaustion. There may be concerns about family finances, and relationships with other family members may become difficult. In general, fathers are less emotional and tend to focus on long-term consequences. They are often more affected by the visibility of the disability. Fathers may feel overwhelmed and worry about finances as they face new roles and responsibilities. Sibling relationships depend on many factors, including family size, sibling gender and age spacing, parental attitudes and expectations, cultural heritage, child-rearing practices, and availability of support systems. Siblings often report both positive and negative reactions. They may experience increased compassion, tolerance, and respect for diversity, and higher levels of empathy and altruism, but also resentment, jealousy, hostility, guilt, grief, fear, shame, embarrassment, and rejection. Refer to Table 4.3 in the textbook for more information on negative sibling reactions.
Grandparent relationships. Professionals have come to recognize the importance of grandparents in the family unit. Grandparents may experience stages of acceptance and worry about their grandchild as well as their own child. Learning Objective 3-4. Understand the significance of adequately supporting families who are culturally and linguistically diverse. Our last objective is to recognize the importance of adequately supporting families who are culturally and linguistically diverse. Professionals are working with growing populations of students who are culturally and linguistically diverse. Notably, a disproportionate number are enrolled in special education programs. Effective professionals are sensitive to the needs of children from linguistically and culturally diverse backgrounds and to the needs of their parents and extended family members. If the cultural and linguistic heritage of the parents is not respected, then the development of optimal relationships will likely be undermined. Many strategies and programs, however, that are designed to solicit parental involvement have been devised primarily to serve middle and upper-middle income English-speaking families. Thus, it is highly probable that families from culturally and linguistically diverse backgrounds will fail to respond to current strategies designed to support homeschool partnerships and enhance parental roles in the special education process. Some of the obstacles that may impede the full and meaningful involvement of caregivers from culturally and linguistically diverse backgrounds include English as a second language issues, negative experiences with schools, a lack of trust in educational and other support systems, a lack of understanding of rights and responsibilities, and deference to teachers and other professionals as decision-makers, as in teacher knows best. Establishing meaningful collaborative relationships with families from culturally and linguistically diverse backgrounds requires that professionals respect the family's interpretation of disability and its origin, child-rearing beliefs, medical practices and traditions, family structure and decision-making styles, religious views, and preferred modes of communication. The best intentions of professionals can easily be misinterpreted if they fail to consider a family's value system and cultural traditions. For example, a Latino family may be uncomfortable with and reluctant to agree to a recommendation that they consider placement in a group home for their daughter with mental retardation or intellectual disabilities. To the transition specialist, this may be a perfectly reasonable and appropriate suggestion. However, unlike Anglo-Americans, who generally emphasize independence and self-reliance, Latino families are more likely to value interdependence, cooperation, and familial cohesiveness. It is important that professionals show cultural sensitivity when working with families with a cultural or linguistic heritage different from their own. Cultural sensitivity implies an awareness of, respect for, and appreciation of the many factors that influence and shape the values, priorities, and perspectives of both individuals and families. Professionals need to be knowledgeable about different values, social circumstances, and traditions so they can respond effectively to the needs of all their students and clients while building partnerships with families. We offer the following note of caution, however. Building effective alliances with families from different cultural groups demands that professionals refrain from generalizing about families, 
Although similarities may exist, such as a shared heritage or common language, assuming that a family will behave in a certain way simply because of membership in a particular group leads to stereotyping, and this hinders the development of meaningful family professional partnerships. Just as each child is unique, so is each family. Although families are influenced by their cultural background, they should not be defined by it. Because disability is socially and culturally constructed, families from culturally diverse backgrounds may have different perspectives on what constitutes normal and deviance from the norm. Families from different cultures may attribute disability to fate, spiritual testing, a violation of social taboos, or intergenerational retribution. Differences in perceptions between professionals and families may result in conflicts of opinions and suggestions that may be inappropriate for some families. At the risk of stereotyping, some common cultural beliefs regarding the origins of disability include the following. Hispanic American families may consider a disability to be God's will. Asian American families may feel that a disability brings shame upon the family, especially if the child is male. Many Native American cultures have no words for disability and believe that disability results from prenatal choice. This completes Assignment 3.